0: We do all have a core, and it's and it's it's not another person, I and mean, it's not another saint even that we can find, you know, our path. Like we really do all have a unique path, yeah. um, and even one of our saints, Saint Edith Stein, in her philo- philosophical works, kind of unpacks that. How like mm-hmm. there's a certain core to the person that nothing else can enter
1: except God, you know, mm-hmm. and it's totally unique to that person, Mm -hmm. like so totally unique that, that it's, it can't, it's not copied anywhere else that God has imparted each, each person with this very, very special and, and, um, uh, just divine calling that, that there's there, they should, we should respond to. Yes. And that's what he wants. You know, he
0: doesn't want another Therese, you know, he doesn't want another Elizabeth. He wants you.
1: Praise be Jesus Christ, and welcome to another episode of Carmelcast. Carmelcast is a production of ICS Publications. For more information, you can visit our website at www.icspublications.org. I'm Brother John Mary of Jesus Crucified, and I'm joined today by uh, Father Michael Joseph of St. Therese. And this season on Carmelcast, we are discussing um, the life and the spirituality of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, and I'm especially excited about this episode because we're going to be talking about the, um, the influence and the similarities and differences between um, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity and another great Carmelite, saint, Carmelite nun from France, uh, St. Therese. And uh, so I'm glad to have you with me, Father Michael Joseph, because I think your, your name, you have Therese in your name, so uh, you have that affinity already with her, and I think there'll be a lot to, for us to unpack here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, I think, you know, you you said that St. Elizabeth of the Trinity is your favorite saint. You've yes. made that very clear, you know, and that's she had a big for drawing you to Carmel. So I think between the both of us, hopefully we can show some of the similarities and yeah. kind of go in,
1: more in-depth into the, the influence of Therese and Elizabeth. Right. Yeah, so maybe just to conceptualize here the the, the lives of the two of these these saints. Um, we have St. Therese who was uh, born in 1873. And she um, entered the Carmel in Lisieux, France, which is uh, west of Paris. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have Elizabeth, who was born just seven years later uh, in 1880. And she entered the Carmel in Dijon, France, which is in southeast France, closer to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the two of them, they lived about, you know, 300 miles apart. um, And... Their lives actually, you know, they overlapped somewhat. Um, Therese died in 1897, but still, they, the two never met. No, uh, they never met in person. Um, they might have. I was actually thinking about this before before we uh, recorded. Of they might have visited some of the same places, perhaps. I don't. I don't know for sure. Um, so they could have seen some like overlap in their lives, not yeah. at the same time, obviously, but. Sure. But they were breathing the same air. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, and e- even though they had very different backgrounds and different, you know, life experiences, um, but especially you think of the spirituality of the time, you know, and the yes. church and the, the preaching, and you know, so their their kind of ecclesial experience would probably be very similar, right? In their inf-
1: and the influence that that would have had on them, right? Yeah. So when would you say then? When would their 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 lives kind of first converge? As far yeah. as when when would Elizabeth have first heard about? about Therese. Well, I mean, one thing that I, I kind of enjoy thinking about is that when Elizabeth
0: was first starting to think about her life as a Carmelite, Therese was still alive, you know, mm-hmm. in Elizabeth yeah. Carmel. And so, you know, there already probably was an affinity in some way as a hidden affinity. But we know that just a year after Therese's death, this original story of a soul was published, you know, which was the um, edited manuscripts of Therese that were reconfigured. And, you know, in, a, in an extraordinary qu- you know, short amount of time, they were able to be published. Um, and not s- just six months after, in the spring of 1899, um, Elizabeth was given a copy of Story of a Soul. Mm. So, I mean, I think that's really the first convergence is that almost immediately after the book comes out, um Elizabeth has it in her hands and yeah. is and is reading it, so you can see that like you know this this was meant for her therese going through yes. this and then doing this work of editing and all that making this thing come out you know you can see in God's providence, it was probably very important, you know, so that Elizabeth would yeah. have it
1: well yeah, and exactly because especially it was you know this is long before the internet, so today you know it'd be very easy maybe to hear hear news from someone or or you know to read something from someone who 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 lived across the country, but here. Um, you know, in this time, I'd say this is especially um, miraculous in a sense that that Elizabeth would find this in her hands, uh, this book in her hands at at this time so quickly after Therese's passing. Yeah. And you think, I mean, Therese was not,
0: she was just a sister. She was just a Carmelite nun who had died, you know? And who this was a biography written about her um, that was going to be a circular to send to the other convents and was seen as, no, this has like such value should be made, you know, available to all. But at that time, no one knew her still, you know, so it's just this book about this random kind of Carmelite nun that had just died. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's pretty incredible how quickly, you know, people started seeing like, whoa, this is, this is something very special.
1: Oh, yeah. And we, we know that Elizabeth was very much struck by this book right away because, Um, that same time when we know that she was reading story of a soul, she begins in her diary, um, and in letters, particularly, uh, using terms that that very clearly came from Therese. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can see like right away, like this, this was making an impact on, on Elizabeth, something in this was speaking to her.
0: Yes. And I think one of the first things you can draw out is the experience of first communion, Mm -hmm. you know, that, um, how St. Therese when she received her first communion and Elizabeth when she received her first communion yeah it was only six or seven years apart and that Elizabeth is now 19 reading this experience but she sees in that like the very words that she would use to to describe her own first communion you know so it gives her a kind of vocabulary to describe this very powerful mystical experience that Mm -hmm. Elizabeth had that now she sees in her sister you know and and it gives her a language and ability to kind of interpret in a way what happened to her mm. but of course that experience was already so important elizabeth this is a few
1: years after but it yeah it just gives her this new light in a way to see her own experience right and i mean that's something that we do too when we read the saints i think one reason why it's so um so influential to read the saints i, I know in my own life is uh the first time i read the, the biography the life of Teresa of avila i remember reading it and just so many things and it just spoke to my heart in my own experience in my past it was mm. like helping me to reframe uh things that I already experienced in the past and to understand them better mm. and then I imagine too if you you know 19 year old Elizabeth who had this great desire to become a Carmelite um she was able to look to Therese and 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 look forward to to her future like what did she want to become in Carmel so you have Uh, her looking ahead to to Therese as her older sister, you know, seven years older than her, kind of paving the way um, in Carmel that that Elizabeth herself wanted to follow.
0: Yeah, so it it really did make it kind of like incarnated her, yeah, her model of like what what she was seeking in becoming a Carmelite nun, you know. She had already experienced the grace of that vocation, that desire, but then Therese just helped concretize it and give Mm. her a real model in that sense. Um, And so, yeah, so the challenge is then seeing, yeah, how... Um, how Elizabeth was able to benefit from the reading of Therese. You know, mm-hmm. how did it help her spiritual life? You know, how did it help right. her grow and and just make her mission more clear?
1: Yeah. Yeah, one thing that's interesting is, um, you know, we we have, because of uh, Elizabeth's own writing, we have certain passages that she copied out from Reading Story of a Soul that mm-hmm. first time. So we know very clearly, like, what was it that was speaking to her. And one thing that's interesting is in that first version of Story of a Soul, they included three of the poems that Therese wrote. Hmm. And Elizabeth copied out all three of those poems. Now, um, I mean, to some degree, I think it was, I mean, certainly the contents of those poems that was speaking to her spiritually. But I also wonder if there was just something about that language, that way of expressing Um, herself too, through poetry Mm. that kind of mystical way of expressing her spirituality that spoke to Elizabeth because Elizabeth had already um, begun writing some poetry herself Mm. and so once again she'd find this kind of affinity um, with this sister uh, in Therese as a way of expressing her her deep like longing and desire for God yeah
0: and, and you think you know Elizabeth is around she's 19 at this point or just about 19 um, so she's already matured a lot in her own mystical life. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, the very nature of mystical experience often is it's in, it's ineffable. It's difficult to explain. It's difficult to put into words, yeah. you know, and, and I'm sure Elizabeth struggled with that a lot of, of kind of how to articulate these things. And, and so, yeah, the poetry, Teresa's poetry in these, in mm-hmm. this moment, especially certain poems, um, just gave her a voice that maybe she was
1: still sh- kind of struggling or trying to, yeah. um, trying to articulate. Yeah. Yeah. You see that in the poetry of the saints. I, th- I think people who maybe are are not so used to a life of prayer or or this kind of direct experience of God, if they read some poetry of the saints, it might be very difficult for them to understand. It's like, mm. what what is this even talking about? But when you've had somewhat of an experience of God yourself, you begin to Uh, it it like opens the door for you to understand the poetry and then the poetry and opens the door for you to understand your experience. I mean, this was the case for John of the Cross for me. When I first read the poetry Mm -hmm. of John of the Cross, it's like, I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) Like this is not speaking to my soul at all. Um, But as I've grown in my own spiritual life now, it's like it's kind of unlocked new horizons for me. So you can see that, you know, the kind of the maturity, spiritual maturity of Elizabeth, in that she was able to read the poetry of Therese and and understand um, the spiritual depths that Therese is writing about, but also perhaps use that to to better understand her own experiences too. Yes, I've
0: heard once said that poetry is the least inadequate way of expressing the experience of God, mm. because the experience of God is so difficult to, yeah, to express, yeah. but it's the least inadequate because it gives this kind of freedom, and and it does say a lot that. Elizabeth would take on Teresa's words but of course she had her she had her own experience she didn't she didn't take on Teresa's experience per se right. she had her own experience but she saw in Teresa's words a, a vehicle you know mm-hmm. to express that and and you mentioned with St John of the Cross like sometimes the difficulty in that um, I think of Holy Mother you know even when she was St Teresa, Teresa of Avila yeah. you know when she was um, kind of having her own experience of prayer early on all she could do with her spiritual directors is point to books and say, this is what's happening in me, yeah, you know, yeah. um, because she didn't have the quite the tools yet. And I wonder maybe Elizabeth in, yes. in some way, even she had the experience, she could relate to it. She could take it on. Um, but she maybe needed that to, mm. you know, kind of help her in her own development of Right of of being able to express what what she was going through.
1: Yeah, and we see that in one one passage in particular, one section of Therese's writing mm. um, more than any other that really made an impact on on Saint Elizabeth, and that's um, the act of oblation. Could mm. you say something about well, what is what is the act of oblation of Saint Therese?
0: Yeah, the act of oblation is kind of the, in some way, it's a it's a synthesis of, of really Therese's whole spirituality, you know, and and she came to it um, because of kind of seeing how there were, there were certain trends in the spirituality of her time that were um, making oneself a, a victim to God's justice, you know, to kind of expiate the sins of France in that time, let's say, for example. Um, and so you're trying to take on, you know, the the anger in a way, or the just wrath of God so that others can be spared, you know, and, and, Therese saw that, you know, there's a core of charity in that that's beautiful, but there can be, it can go into some unhealthy realms and unhealthy ideas of of God. And so, but Therese had this intuition of God as merciful love that was so important to her, um, that defined everything about her life. And so she intuited that who God is, you know, and not just her own intuition, but from revelation, from her own reading, from her life in Carmel, but that God is merciful love that wants to pour himself out. That's all he desires, right, is to pour himself out. And so Therese says, If there are these souls that, you know, offer themselves for justice, but God is merciful love, you know, so much more than he is strict justice. And Mm -hmm. so, um, why not have a soul that would offer herself to merciful love so that God could do what he wants. He could pour out his merciful love in her. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so that became this act of oblation of merciful love became like a formula and a way to express what, like how Therese saw God and, Mm -hmm. and. Her role to be this vessel for God's merciful love, and whatever that might mean for her life, it's a total—it's a total gift, total unconditional offering. Right. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of the the background to then this formula that we have, where she spells out like what that means and puts it in a way that others can pray it as well. You yeah. know, early on she got her sister to pray it
1: and others to pray it, mm-hmm. so she knew it had a, a kind of a more universal scope than just for herself. Right. And this is the passage of. Of Therese's writing that we know made a very big impact on Saint Elizabeth at this time. You know, it was 1899. She's 19 years old, and she copied out this this prayer, this oblation to Merciful Love. She copied it out on a piece of paper and folded it up so she could carry it with her mm. at all times. So we know there was something something in that that was really speaking to her heart at that time and her where she was spiritually, um, so much so that you know, we have some of the sort of uh, the notes or diary entries of St. Elizabeth from that time period. And she uses a lot of the exact same words that the oblation used. And And these, it wasn't like, you know, she was probably sitting down with that in front of her and yeah. copying them. But she had, she had made this so much a part of her own spirituality, prayed it so many times, that she's using these same words that we find there, such as um, Elizabeth writes about being a victim of Holocaust. Mm. She says, make me a martyr of your love. Um, she explains, I want to be holy f- for you. Be my holiness for I know my weakness. Mm. So these are all phrases that we find um, parallel, almost word for word with the oblation of merciful love, which just shows um the the great impact that this had on on her at this time yes and and it really says a lot too about just
0: elizabeth's spirit you know that she was able just to assimilate these things Mm. you know in such a direct way that and interiorize them and really make them her own you know it wasn't just something she read and she liked and she got real enthusiastic about it's just it it, it, yeah she was really able just to
1: like make things her own in a unique way it reminds me of um Okay, so I, I really believe you know that the saints reach out to us and they choose us at different times in our life when we really need to hear whatever their message is. Mm. And um, I think at times we can try to force ourselves onto a saint <laughs> and like, okay, I really want to like this saint, so I'm going to read mm. a lot of this saint, but it maybe isn't speaking to me at this moment yeah. and I try to force it. But there's something when when the saint is, is, I feel like reaching out to us that it's it's almost like you know putting on a, a glove that just fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's this, this feeling, you know, uh, you know, I've had it many times reading the saints where you just read something and you're like, this is saying something about who I am, yeah, like yeah. in the depth of, of my core of my being, yes. they they're just, it just fits. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that this is what Elizabeth was experiencing here. It's like, she, she feels understood. Yeah. Um, she feels, uh, yeah. Like, 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 like. Suddenly, it's like the lights are turned on, mm-hmm. and words are put to to her own experience, her own desires. Yeah,
0: it can it confirms what she's been through, right? And it clarifies her path. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can say, in a way, too, it's like Therese, like it's like Therese is taking her by the hand as as a teacher, you know, yeah. as a as a formator in that way. Just like Therese was a f, you know formed her novices, yeah. and Luzu is like
1: she Elizabeth became almost her novice in mm. in, a, in a certain way, right? Um, and maybe one thing that that. This really one way this really helped Elizabeth at this time was this is a time you know Elizabeth is nineteen she really wants to become a Carmelite and yet she's met this this obstacle um, in her mother her mother doesn't want her to to enter Carmel yet her mother is you know kind of waffling back and forth whether she's even gonna let, let her enter Carmel at mm-hmm. all um, so I could see here too this kind of um, uh, not not escape in a bad way but like here Elizabeth is in a way able to enter into Carmel. Yeah, through Therese. Yeah, um, and find like live the life of Carmel here and now outside of the the walls of the convent. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of this uh, again, just this um, completion of of who she is, and 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 helping her to to live in her current situation um, with with peace and with trust. You know, looking ahead. Yes, exactly. And that that yeah, that that real abandonment mm-hmm. that
0: Elizabeth had to embrace that we talked about before, you know. Right. Um you can see you can see that time waiting, you know, and and even relating to Therese's experience of waiting too. You know, yes. I mean even on a historical level, Therese also had to wait. Not as long as Elizabeth. Yeah. Um but but you can see a similar approach, you know, in in their waiting, in their yes. sense of waiting. Right. Um of just trying to embrace the present moment, trying to live how God wants me to right now and not, not feeling like I have to yeah. wait to attain something in order to mm-hmm. start being a Carmelite or
1: start living as a Carmelite, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, and we, um, we know historically that uh, Therese, you know, she first read Story of a Soul in 1899 when she was 19. She reread it again in 1900. Mm-hmm. So that was just a year later. Yeah. Um, so it was so meaningful to her that she went back to it just, just a year later. Um, and then she enters Carmel, uh, finally enters Carmel. And um, we we continue to see then the influence that this work in particular, the spirituality of, of St. Therese and Story of a Soul had on her um, right away in her time in, in the, as a postulant. Yes. And maybe I could just, it's something that occurs to me, you know, often I think
0: we can take St. Therese and like think like, well, she's kind of for beginners, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, you might read her, you give her to someone and they really like her. And it's kind of sometimes for some people, it's like their first saint that they really approach, you know, and. And, and we can get this impression that like, and now I've advanced, you know, mm-hmm. I've kind of moved beyond Therese, you yeah, know, yeah. and, and I've heard people say that, like, I, you know, and yeah, it doesn't mean we have to stick to the same thing all the time, but, but, um, but it's interesting that Elizabeth didn't have that kind of elitist sense though mm-hmm. of like, you know, I've read that and that was good for me when I was a kid. And now, yeah. now I'm a Carmelite and now I'm really, you know, on the mountain it's, and I don't need Therese anymore. It's like, no, she's. She still would go back,
1: you know, yeah, rereading reading her. Uh, probably at least four times that mm-hmm. she read *Story*, and she didn't live a long life. I mean, yeah. she, By the time she died, that that book had had only been out for not even ten years, yeah. I think. So she still kept going back to it to yes. drink from that well. Yes, return to it,
0: and she needed certain things at different times, you mm-hmm. know, like in 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 certain darker moments, um, in ter- in especially in Elizabeth's novitiate year, yeah. she needed that that more of just like of just trust in God's mercy when I feel like I'm total mess or yeah, yeah. failing all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that she wouldn't have needed that as much, maybe two years before she needed another thing, seeing Teresa's right. Carmelite and this yeah. merciful love. I mean, the, the oblation, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you can go back to the same thing, but you, because you have different needs at different times, you right. know, and, and it can speak to, to you in a different way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to me how much, um, Elizabeth had already been formed by Therese by the time she enters Carmel. When she first enters the postulancy, they give her this questionnaire that she has to fill out. And it has all these different questions. Um, I'm trying to remember what some of it was like. How do you... Perceive holiness, mm. or like you know things like this, like kind of very sort of pious sort of questions uh, to get to know the postulant a little bit better. Mm. And it's fascinating because just reading through Elizabeth's responses to that questionnaire, it's it's so much Therese. You can read so much of Therese in that.
0: Yes, 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 totally. And and what you know maybe are there some specifics um, to that questionnaire? Is there cer- certain you know answers yeah. that she gave, or
1: yeah, one was I, mean, I think the question had to do with like uh, a what do you see as holiness or how to, how Mm. to attain holiness or something along those lines. And uh, Elizabeth's answer is to make oneself very little Hmm. to live by love. Like these are all, this is the spirituality of St. Therese and she's been so formed in in this already before Mm. she even enters Carmel, you know, in this short time. So we see that uh, there's, yeah, again, this kind of resonation, something was resonating with her Mm -hmm. in this at that time.
0: And I would point out too, that um, even for her mission in Carmel, you know, that, it it is said that uh, um, Elizabeth really said that she was convinced that she offered her life for priests and her idea of being a victim was largely focused on priests. And so even that sense of, you know, Therese said I came to Carmel um, to save sinners and to pray for priests, you know, and, and that Elizabeth had that sense too, in her Carmelite mission to, you know, that apostolic mission. And, and so you know, when they're saying, well, why did you come? It's not just for myself, mm-hmm. you know, but it's for others, basically. Yes. It's for the church. And so Therese had that. And, yeah, you can see that that parallel with El- Elizabeth
1: in that sense, too. Right, right. Yeah, there, there's, um, you know, in in her formation in Carmel, uh, Elizabeth would continue to be formed by Therese in a particularly interesting way, I think, because of um, the, the one who ended up being her formator, mm. Mother Ger- Germaine. And Mother Germaine had this great devotion to St. Therese. Uh, again, very interesting because Therese has just died. Not a lot is – I mean, she's not known extremely well throughout the world. Mm. And she's not a saint um, yet. She's not canonized. So, um, But there's something – Saint. Her Mother Germaine was really struck by this yes, saint. Yes. And so she wanted to form her her own postulants, her own novices in in her likeness. Yeah, and
0: what, and you see there too, again, God's providence in – in having Elizabeth discover Therese early on so she could already be formed in that. Cause imagine if she had gone to another Carmel that didn't know St. Therese where there were actually some Carmel's that were were almost opposed to her at first, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. usually because they had a misrepresentation of Therese and they yeah. they they saw it as like, I don't know, in various, they saw it in different ways that thought were maybe not good for Carmelite nuns, you know, and and that would have, what a shock that would have been. But here again, God brings her into this place that it's like totally Theresian. You yes. know, Mother Germaine, has, she reads Therese and she said, this is the way, you know, Mm. and this is the way I want my Carmel to be. And this is the way I want my nuns
1: to be formed, you know, Right. And and so much so that um, there was a time they had a photographer come into the Carmel and take pictures and um, they had the nuns holding or or, having with them different things that were meaningful to them. And what St. Therese, or uh, what Mother Germaine is holding is a copy of Story of the Soul, Mm. opened up even, I think, to a picture of St. Therese. So you can see like, out of out of anything, yeah. you know, in the world of what's most meaningful <laughs> to her. That's what she has is the story of a story of a soul. Yes. And it's interesting too because Elizabeth is in this photo and um, it's almost as though Mother Germaine is is facing Therese towards Elizabeth ah. in the photo. So like kind of again imparting this spirituality from Mother Germain to Saint Elizabeth or to Elizabeth.
0: Yes. Which is so bold considering Therese was not canonized. And yeah. and especially back then, you know, there was like there was a real fear too you didn't want to like do that early too early with someone mm. you know for fear that it might mess up their process even if right. there's too much evidence of like public cult or too many you know almost too much devotion to someone it can raise mm. suspicions um and yeah and so there was no like official approval yet in that sense right. you know it was just published It had the imprimatur but it was just published um and yet wow how far yeah like the farsightedness of mother Germain. Yeah. To to take on Therese in that way, and to really see her also, yeah, again for for Elizabeth as it, in a special way to be a role model yes. for Elizabeth. I right. think, again, going Elizabeth had a very difficult novitiate year, you know, mm-hmm. to the point where it looked like she might not even profess, you know, right. which is which is crazy to think about. Um, at least profess on time, and and Mother Germain knew like in that in that darkness, Elizabeth needed therese mm-hmm. more than ever yes. more than ever you know right
1: yeah and it, you know mother Germaine went to such an extent that she had in the novitiate room she had a a um a portrait hung up of saint therese and said that uh that that therese was the novice mistress of zoo and of the dijon carmel so she basically was saying Mother Germaine saying i'm not the novice mistress yeah. she is yeah um which actually reminds me i had uh someone a uh, Uh, A a friend of mine gave me a a, a relic of St. Therese to keep in my room during my novitiate. Ah, uh, saying that she would be my my novice master, so my novice mistress. So that that was you. I don't know if you remember. That. I do remember it now. I do remember it now. Yes. And a couple times I said, I I wish, kind of wish I had that really.
0: But, but it was worth it. It was worth it. It yes, Worked well, yes. team. Yes. Yeah, so
1: she she formed
0: me too. And and not to maybe go into a lot of detail, but you, it's not you. You had your own personal struggles with yeah. understanding Teresa at first, right? And right. And um, so it wasn't always easy
1: for you just to embrace. Yeah, uh St. Thérèse. Well, well, it is interesting because I found I struggled with Thérèse, but I loved Elizabeth and Elizabeth spoke to my heart, but mm-hmm. little did I know I was actually drinking from the the well of St. <laughs> Thérèse that was given passed on to me through Elizabeth. So, Thérèse still got her way. It's <laughs> good to see. Good yeah. to see. <clears throat> well, maybe we can turn now to, to now to point out just maybe some specifics mm-hmm. if you have any specific kind of parallels between the spirituality of of saint elizabeth and and saint therese
0: yeah well i think um a couple things one again her, their apostolic desires you know mm-hmm. um it's funny uh, in one of the biographies points out how therese had her hen um pranzini you know that she was praying for the great sinner the great murderer who yeah. she prayed for to be converted and and elizabeth had a similar she had um Henri Chapuis, <laughs> who was not a murderer, <laughs> but he was, he was a non-believer. I think their landlord, right? The landlord. Yeah. yeah so it's so a little different. He lived downstairs. Yeah, <laughs> downstairs. Hopefully he was, you know, wasn't I a criminal. He was, uh, a hardened, hardened
1: atheist, I guess. Yes. You could say.
0: And especially of that kind of time period in France, you know, there's yeah. that anti-clerical element was very strong. And, mm-hmm. and, um, so he was of that other side in a sense, you know, yeah, yeah. and, and she, but she prayed for him and, and, Actually, one of their biographers point out like maybe even more so than therese you know it's interesting so even maybe with more fervor than therese um, but they both so here they these two uh Henris you know and these mm-hmm. two young women, young saints you know who were yeah. were praying for them so yeah, like you can see um i guess a parallel in that just great desire to to spread god's love and mercy to sinners mm-hmm. you know to those who who at least seemed very far away yeah um and and so yeah, that that apostolic I think is one one great parallel.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and 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 as I mentioned, the praying too for the ministers of the church, you know, and right. praying for the the church in that sense that Elizabeth felt that so strongly. So yeah, that's one I think big parallel. Yeah. And
1: connected see. to that, um, uh, Therese had, you know, she was writing writing letters to to a seminarian. Um, actually, two seminarians, right? And and Elizabeth also had her seminarians too that she was writing ah, to yes. and praying for. So we see another parallel. And this is, I mean, it's no surprise, right? Because they're both Carmelites and they're formed under the the um, uh, the, the teaching and the spirituality of of Saint Teresa of Avila. And that was one of her the, the real reasons why she founded the Carmelites uh, yeah. was to pray for priests. So that's just so written into. The Carmelite spirituality mm. and, and both Elizabeth and Therese they they really soaked that in yes definitely and actually um I think it's
0: Mother Germaine who points out that um Elizabeth kind of came to understand and in, in, in a lot of ways the work of Saint Teresa of Avila through the lens of Saint Therese mm. that Therese was kind of a like a contemporary translation in a way uh. of what Teresa Avila was all about and and especially the way of perfection which we know is like as novices we read that over and over and over, and over again yeah. you know and um and it's it's kind of the formation handbook of the Carmelites and um but Elizabeth was able to receive that because of her knowledge of Thérèse in a way mm-hmm. you know that that the way of perfection even was mediated through Thérèse's kind of path i guess you could say right. of living that out that Mother Germaine promoted so much as novice mistress and yeah. and, and superior
1: yeah yeah one one other area of the spirituality that struck me about kind of a parallel here i think something that really spoke to elizabeth was the um the radicality of the call that saint therese experienced this it's like to this totality Mm. it's like this all i'm giving my all of myself to this to this jesus whom i love Mm. um so just the kind of radical nature of that self-gift um but connected with that is this desire this, this lofty desire to be a saint yeah. to give yourself to to him, but also this awareness that I'm weak and I can't do this mm-hmm. on my own mm-hmm. um, and and so God, Jesus must do it in me yes and yes. and we see that same boldness um, it's a boldness and desire but also a great um, trust in the mercy of God. To, to bring it about, mm-hmm. this great confidence yes. in the mercy of God to bring it about. And we see that in, in Elizabeth as well. She is, yeah. again, just very, when you read her, there's just something so um, so radical. She's mm-hmm. going to stop at nothing uh, to, to, to reach this goal of her heart, which yeah. is, is to be
0: all consumed by the love of God. Yes, and it's not just a sentimental thing, you know, it's not. I mean, maybe that's just a given. You could say, well, oh, she's the same. Of course, not sentimental. But I think we so often see that as like a fervor, you know, or mm-hmm. something. Or just like, oh, I wish I could just like feel that or be in that state. But it was. It was just this total decision and to do it in a way that was ordinary, you know, mm-hmm. not seeking the extraordinary, right. not seeking like great lofty things or thoughts or feelings. Um, but just, yeah, this total response to God's love in the midst of just the ordinary, daily, you know, struggles, basically, you know, and being able to reconcile those realities, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and as you mentioned, like just seeing one's own poverty, and then letting that turn one to trust. There's a great quote, actually, i like to, to read um, where Therese, or Elizabeth writes to her, her sister in this very Theresean way. Um, She says, Oh, my sister, never have I felt my poverty so much. Never have I seen myself so wretched. But this misery doesn't at all weigh me down to the contrary, I make use of it to go to him yeah and and I think right there is such the essence of
1: of both of their paths. yeah yeah, when you point out um that this wasn't just a kind of sentimental I mean this was so real in them it it's so apparent in both their lives because they both went through periods of great darkness and trial. Mm. Uh, Elizabeth, during the time of her novitiate, you know, really the whole year of her novitiate, was just a great trial. She was in great darkness about, you know, she wasn't filled with these great feelings in prayer or these great feelings in, in living her life. It was just, she was just left in the kind of the darkness of, of faith. Yeah. Um, and then Therese experienced something very different, or very similar the, the last few months of her life. Mm. Um, again, kind of left in this, this state of darkness and clinging only to faith. Um, so we see and in both of them the authenticity because it wasn't just these great feelings yeah they had none of that and yet they were faithful yet they continued to strive they continued to 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 do all they can to to reach their beloved yeah. um and so it teaches us right i mean like you know no matter what the situation is whether whether i feel just completely uh, enveloped in my misery my weakness my sin um whether i have Just totally dry prayer, whether I'm struggling to love, you know, my, my, my family, my spouse, my, my coworkers, whatever it is, like, um, it's not about these, these good feelings, but it's about remaining faithful and still like seeking God and trying to love him in the midst of that and allowing him to lift you, raise you out of that. And I think that is so
0: key, allowing him, you know, like it's, it's putting the, the emphasis on God, you know, it's like, it's putting it on him in that way that, that we don't have to get ourselves out of it, and like even with with Elizabeth, I like how she said it doesn't weigh me at all down. So it does, it doesn't have to like depress us or mm-hmm. make us feel like discouraged in any way, you know. Yeah. But it's just an impetus then, to in the midst of that, to not get down on oneself, but to just put it on God. Yeah. That God, you must do it, you know. And and again with the oblation of merciful love, I think Elizabeth gelled so well with that idea of like. God, you have to yourself be my sanctity. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's 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 a springboard. Our misery becomes a springboard in that way um, of confidence that you yeah. yourself have to do it. And mm-hmm. I have so much trust in you um, that you will clothe me with yourself. Whereas Elizabeth says to identify my soul with all the movements of your soul. You know, to overwhelm me, to possess me, it says to substitute yourself for me, that I li- my life may be a radiance of your life. So it mm-hmm. it's just it, yeah, it's it's putting it all on God, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you know, where, where it just comes out so strongly in both of them. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of all these things, these parallels, I, I feel like, I mean, really what we're describing here is is the little way of St. Therese, which Elizabeth, very clear, was a student of and had, had um, integrated into her, her own spiritual life. Mm. And if we were to stop here, I think we would maybe give the impression that Elizabeth was basically just another Therese. Yes, yes. Um, and I think that would be a big mistake mm-hmm. to understand Elizabeth that way. So we see, you know, the incredible influence that Therese, the parallels in their biography, their life, their 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 context, their spirituality. We see the influence that Elizabeth had on Therese. But I think it would be a mistake to stop there exactly. and say that that Elizabeth is just restating. Or reliving yes. the message of of Therese, yes. because Elizabeth really had something original and something of her own. Mm-hmm. Um, that that so so maybe we can say something here about um, maybe some of the, the the originality of Elizabeth or the differences and and their spiritualities.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, I think you know for one to say that when Elizabeth discovered Therese again, and she was nineteen, so mm-hmm. she had already passed through like many, you know, steps in the spiritual life. You know, she had already, she had already, um, had her conversion, you know, as, as was praying every day, you know, really trying to live, already sent her called a caramel. So yeah, it wasn't like Therese just gave her this conversion, let's say, or gave her this like total new vista in the spiritual life, mm. you know? And, and it's very important, I think, to see that, that Elizabeth had this, this core. It didn't, Therese didn't change her direction. Um, but it it confirmed this path that she'd already been traveling on, you know? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that, that originality of Elizabeth, um, you don't, you don't, and I love St. Therese, of course, I don't, but in our zeal for St. Therese, we don't want to make it seem like that Elizabeth, like there would be no Elizabeth without Therese mm-hmm. kind of thing, yeah. you know? And, and it, because that's just not how, that's just not the reality that, yeah. that she helped her very much, but Elizabeth, you know, Jesus was working directly in Elizabeth's soul, mm-hmm. you know, and, and before Elizabeth found Therese, she would always talk about Jesus is my master. Jesus teaches me everything interiorly, you know? Right, right. So, so they, it's just, there's so much going on Elizabeth prior to Therese.
1: We, we can't, yeah. we don't want to give that impression. Could you say something too about like perhaps their, 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 their context, their, their upbringing, like their different personalities too. Cause I think that um, is significant here if they're, they're two different people yeah
0: yes for sure like to it, the end <laughs> yeah totally i mean like just how they grew up you know although both lost a parent you know mm-hmm. which which is is you know i'm sure that they share that in common that wound you know mm-hmm. um but then the way that they grew up was so different you yeah. know like just uh, madame cates was taking her girls all around france you know and just <laughs> into switzerland and the different places it was socializing with everyone you know yeah. um whereas Therese didn't have that so much, you know, she stayed in her own very familiar circle Mm -hmm. and, and she herself, you know, with her own, um, kind of woundedness before her conversion, you know, she didn't always feel comfortable, let's say with, with just other random people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so so I think their socialization,
1: you know, was was very different. Right. Yeah. We see, you know, Elizabeth at 21 years old going to these parties and dancing yeah. with, with with young men, and I, it's just something I cannot imagine. <laughs> Therese doing. Um, of course, Therese entered entered Carmel at a very young age, so yeah. she had a different different life. Sure. But just uh, there's a difference in personality there, yeah. which I think is significant um, for the way that they understood their spiritual lives and also the way they expressed that spiritual life in, in their writing. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, they were
0: both so relational, you know, mm-hmm. they both had that gift of relationship, of friendship. Yeah. Um, but Elizabeth's blossomed in a different way, you yeah. know, and it blossomed before Carmel. Whereas in Therese's case, like a lot kind of blossomed almost after Carmel in Carmel and after Carmel. Right. Um, and, um, so, yeah, so, so you have that sense, but like they 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 expressed it in very different ways. You know, mm. they express it in very different ways.
1: One thing that I think we're really wanting to stress during this season, um, and we I think we started out with this even in our first episode of like what is it that Elizabeth really has to offer people, and um, I think a lot of the reason that we want Elizabeth Elizabeth to be more well known in the world is because she had this great um, what we would call like a lay spirituality mm. um, in that. She felt the call um, to union with God and was striving for it and living it in the context of the world before she entered Carmel. Yeah. Um, she would already kind of reached a great maturity in in that in her spirituality before Carmel, mm-hmm. living, you know, in the midst of of a normal daily life. And so that's something that um, that Elizabeth can offer a spirituality that Elizabeth can offer that Therese can't so much entering mm-hmm. Carmel at such a young age. Sure. Yeah, and and you can see how like Therese is you know
0: once she entered Carmel people have taken her writings her her letters you know and of course you can apply it in many different ways and in, in yeah. a lay way I mean lay spirituality lay people love Saint therese right I mean yes. they find very much strength to follow their path through it um but yeah, but she doesn't have that same kind of like lay spirituality mm-hmm. per se that you could say Elizabeth has right even though people see sometimes Elizabeth is almost like like beyond them or something. Mm. Whereas no, she actually has more of a lay spirituality than almost any of our, any mystic
1: that that we could name. Yeah. She shows that it's possible to, to be called to and to respond to this call to live in complete union with God in the midst of our normal daily lives. Yes. Yes. One thing that's really interesting to me is seeing, um, you know, this time period where we talked about where Elizabeth is very influenced by Therese, you know, she's, either quoting Therese or, or especially like using a lot of the same terminology as Therese uh, during this time. And then we get as she progresses closer and closer to the end of her life when she's, you know, 25, 26 years old, when she's in the infirm- infirmary especially, um, we see some of that kind of fading away. It's not not that she's like changed her spirituality or anything. She still is using the same same some of the same terms, same concepts. But it's like more of this originality of Elizabeth is shining forth now. Mm. Um, it's like... The, Therese was kind of the foundations that she needed to to stand on in mm-hmm. order to come to to her own sort of spirituality. And so when we get to the writing at the end of Elizabeth's life, and if we were to sit sit down and you know compare <laughs> that with the writing of Therese, suddenly you see two very different, um, very different works. Yeah. I mean one thing in particular that strikes me is um, maybe speaking from, you know, again like their own their own context, their own background, their own gifts, um, Elizabeth was was a uh, really bright very intellectual, I would say. And um, she's quoting a lot in her writing, St. Paul. She's quoting tons of scripture. She's um, quoting some theologians or some Dominicans. So there tends to be this, um, yeah, just a different feel to her writings Mm -hmm. than than reading the the writings of St. Therese. Yes, and I think
0: Therese, like, she saw it so much as her mission to not depart from anything ordinary, you know, Mm -hmm. and to— to just make things like as simple as possible in a way right um and and therese herself is a you know many would say she's a she was a genius um but not in the sense yeah not in the kind of other sense like she we know she like as a young as a child she read she was a voracious reader let's say you know um and she too quotes like she she brings in a lot of quotes from scripture and especially the gospels um old testament but but yeah she doesn't it's like she she's, she's striving in a way to just like be as ordinary as possible mm. in her writing, you know, yeah. and in that gospel, just like that more like kind of pure gospel mm-hmm. sort of simplicity in a way. Evangelical right. simplicity, I think, was Therese's goal in her writing. Yeah. Um, whereas, and yeah, whereas Elizabeth, like she much more freely kind of incorporated like different theologians that she had heard or that she'd been taught by. Um, different mystics, you know from from other tradition, you think of like um, Roys Brook and right. and and others. Um, and and yeah, so she was able to weave things in a in a different way and yeah. kind of with a different emphasis.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's not like Elizabeth is this, you know um, complicated scholastic theologian necessarily, yeah. but she's talking about very complex spiritual um, ideas such as, you know, uh, I'm very well, Trinitarian, but she talks a lot about the incarnation, about predestination. Mm-hmm. She's very influenced by by St. Paul's letters, um, which go into some real, rather complicated theological topics. And Therese or Elizabeth's kind of just diving right into those mm-hmm. where, like you said, Therese is really just sticking to the very like the essential core mm-hmm. of. Of the gospel in a very simple way, and even the way they express that is very different, right? So I've I've heard it said that um, Therese is very visual in the way that she thinks, whereas Elizabeth, Elizabeth was a musician, and so she's very yeah. auditory, and so the way that she thinks about things is is more in terms of, of music and sound and noise. Whereas uh, Therese has these these uh, images parables. that she uses and parables, yeah. yeah. So it's just they're using the gifts that God's given them and and presenting their message in different ways. Yes. Yes. And, and maybe you could say, like, who that attracts to sometimes
0: is different, yes, you know? Yeah. Um, Therese is, I don't know if you could speak maybe a little bit about, like, Therese, the, the people that maybe are drawn to Therese and then others mm-hmm. who are drawn to both of them, but
1: maybe some that are also drawn to Elizabeth that yeah. might not be as drawn to Therese. Or, right. And maybe just because of the simplicity of Therese's message, it's like she speaks to everyone, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's something about her that's so universal. Um, and, and no matter, you know, if someone is is just, like, being awakened to their their spiritual life, or someone's well advanced in their spiritual life, like Therese is right there, mm-hmm. um, giving that 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 um, core gospel message to them. Um, whereas Elizabeth is interesting. I mean, I guess I wish I wish Elizabeth was more well known and 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 more loved. And I think we're we're hoping that to make that make be a part of that, making that happen. But um, it is interesting that. A lot of people who are very devoted to Elizabeth tend to be, I know, a lot of diocesan priests, uh, Dominican priests, <laughs> um, also a lot of lay people too. But it, maybe she speaks more to those who are already a little further along in their spiritual life. Not saying they're like, you know, advanced in their spiritual life. You have to be advanced in your spiritual life. But yeah. I'd say like anyone who's watching something like this, that you've already been awakened to these realities of prayer and of, of a desire for union with God. And yes. and so Elizabeth is speaking to that person. Yeah. You
0: might've started watching this. We wouldn't have gotten to this point. Exactly. <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you're still, if, if you're still <laughs> with us at this point, Elizabeth is speaking to you. <laughs> yes. But, but no, it's very true. And I think it's people too, who are, who are drawn, um, you know, to a, a more a, like a sense of call of uh, maybe to an interior prayer, you yeah. know, a real interior prayer, um, a real desire to, embrace the path of recollection Mm -hmm. um and and so that so people are drawn in that direction whether yeah whether they're whatever state of life they're in yes um but there's there's people out there who just feels very drawn to that way a contemplative way of life you could say you know and i think elizabeth speaks very poignantly Mm -hmm. to to that to those desires you know and and there's not a lot yeah she's very accessible too with with that so even though like yeah she's in a way universal in her contemplative, very interior yeah. kind of mission. Right. And maybe you could say that's a sort of a difference too, you know, in that way of what their mission was, yeah. you know, and, and how Elizabeth did have a distinct mission. Mm-hmm. That's a more like interior kind of emphasis right. on union with God, you know, and and uh, the, the kind of the, yeah, interior prayer recollection, um, how that can be lived in whatever circumstance you're in.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a the great scene, you know, when Elizabeth is dying, um, she's laying in the infirmary and mother Germaine, you know, who loves St. Therese goes to her and says, well, when you go to heaven, is your, gonna, is your mission going to be the same as, as Therese? Because, you know, Therese had ex- expressed in her writing that when she goes to heaven, um, her mission is going to be, you know, doing good on earth. That's yeah. going to be her, you know, sending down these, these flowers to, to, to earth. um, and Elizabeth was very kind of blunt in her answer. She said, no, that's not going to be my mission. Mm. She said, my mission is going to be to attract souls to interior recollection. Yeah. She wants to draw them inward, mm. And that's what she saw as her, her whole her whole spirituality, I think, can be summed up in there. So you see these, I mean, not that one is better than the other. It's They're very complementary. But you see these kind of two movements in the spiritual life between Therese and Elizabeth. Yes. And, um... So yeah, you can see just the the originality there, and and what it is that Elizabeth's is trying to do.
0: Yes, and and I think that again that can help us too, you know, in a way of just seeing that like we do all have a core, and it's and it's it's not another person, I and mean, it's not another saint even that we can find, you know, our path. Like we really do all have a unique path, yeah. um, and even one of our saints, Saint Edith Stein, in her philo- philosophical works, kind of unpacks that how like. Mm. There's a certain core to the person that
1: nothing else can enter except God, you know. And it's totally unique to that person. Mm-hmm. Like so totally unique that that it's it can't it's not copied anywhere else. Yes. That God has imparted each each person with this very very special and and um, uh, just divine calling that yes. that there's there they should we should respond to. Yes, and that's
0: what he wants. You know, he doesn't want another Therese. You know, yeah. he doesn't want another Elizabeth. He wants you. You know, he wants he wants us. He wants us to, to be who we're supposed to be. And, and we can find in the saints great support for that. You know, and I think all of us, and probably many listening here, um, have found in Carmelite spirituality, like, wow, such an impetus, such a strength, such a support, but it's limited still. You know, I mean, it's limited in the sense that you can't just take it on, you know, you can't just absorb it and make it yourself somehow. Like you have your own original core that needs to blossom and flourish in, in the way that God desires. And, and these saints, especially the ones that come under your path will help you with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but
1: it's not like you can just read them and then just be that. Right. Um, Yeah. And that's why, um, I mean, that just shows the, the holiness of Elizabeth and that she was able to to be influenced by Therese, to again, something was speaking to that depth of that core of who she is, and yet she was able to to flourish and blossom, and and as she actually, as as Elizabeth, that's who she was called to be, mm-hmm. and that's who, um, that's who. I mean, thank God that that we're able to to then soak into the core of who we are mm-hmm. in order to express our own our own call in the spiritual life. I do want to mention before we finish um, a particular book. Uh, this is a, a book called Two Sisters in the Spirit by uh, von Balthasar. And a lot of people, and myself included, when I saw this, I was so excited because it's a book talking about St. Therese and St. Elizabeth. And I was very excited when I first thought it saw it because I was like, I thought it would be kind of what we're talking about here today. Um, I was a little disappointed because it turns out what it is actually is uh, von Balthasar has a whole treatise on... Elizabeth that's or on Therese that's most of the book and then um after that he has a short section or treatise on Elizabeth Mm -hmm. so it's not so much a comparative work talking about the two together like their differences and similarities and things it's more like here's Therese here's Elizabeth um so I mean it's it's good in that that's what it is um but it's not so much this kind of comparative putting the two in dialogue which is I think of what I was hoping it would really be when yes. I when I saw the title and saw the book. Yeah, there's not again, there's not a whole lot out there that does that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this similar experience. And from you know, from what I've read as well, um, he he also he can he can kind of put his lens on yeah. certain things. I mean, von Balthasar is a great theologian, you know. So yeah, and he has a very strong ideas about certain things, certain concepts in the spiritual life, especially that um it seems like he 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 does impose those in certain ways Mm -hmm. on on elizabeth and and therese um and so it's it's not necessarily going to be you know this this totally objective let's say presentation of their spiritualities
1: yeah and actually i think what i found really helpful in my own thought on this is um there's some a great two volume works by uh, a woman named joanne mosley on elizabeth there's there's two volumes and uh, it's called uh, Elizabeth of the Trinity, the Unfolding of Her Message. And um, I think that just because of the, 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 the way that she's approaching Elizabeth, even though it's mainly about Elizabeth, you get a lot of the influence of Therese mm. and you see that come out a lot. So I found something like this a lot more helpful for really digging into um, that, that comparative uh, reality between the two saints. Yes. All right, great. Well, we thank you so much for joining us. Know of our prayers uh, throughout this week, and we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.